Mike, it is always a pleasure to be with you. You have so many amazing things going on, and we're just really grateful for all your service here in Cook County and also across our state for the Democratic Party. There has been so much change in the Democratic Party over the past months, and I'm really excited to talk to you more about what you're working on and what you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit more about the changes that have gone on? I think most of us know that Robin Kelly is now the head of the party. We don't really know what that means. So give us the scoop. What's happening and what are you working on right now? Sure. And first of all, Al, thanks for having me here. Um, I always love talking to you about public affairs, politics, and our families. Yay. Um, yay. Uh, and a shout out to all the people at home who make it happen. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. So, as you mentioned, the Democratic Party of Illinois has had some some major changes. We've, we, we, the Democratic Party is run by what's called a state central committee. The Democratic Party has one, as do the Republicans. Uh, the Democratic Party made a decision that we will elect our members of our state central committee. Uh, think of a state central committee like a board of directors. There are 18 congressional districts in Illinois. The Democratic bylaws say that each congressional district will elect one woman and one man to its state central committee. So we currently have 36 members of our state central committee. And those 36 state central committee men and women elect a chair of the party. And in March of this year, we elected Robin Kelly as our chair, the first African-American and the first woman to lead the Democratic Party of Illinois. And I'm really honored. Robin asked me to be her vice chair. Mike, you're fantastic and it's so well-deserved. So many of us are excited to see new fresh faces and a fresh face to the Democratic Party. And it's definitely an exciting time. As you always know, my hashtag is Dem for Life. So anything Democratic, involved, engaged, I'm all for it even the side of my glasses say it. <laughs> and so um, always a good time. Now tell me a little bit more about what a committee person does. You just kind of hit on it a little bit with where you got to vote for Robin, but I know you guys do a ton of other things too. So can you tell me a little bit more about your role as state central committee person and what you're working on right now? Sure. So, so Chair Kelly really at the beginning said that if she was elected our chair, she would be making the party more open, more engaged and, and more diverse. Um, you know, in Illinois right now, and you know this, and I think most people know this, uh, through a lot of hard work of activists like yourself, we're a deep blue state. We've got a Democratic governor. All of our statewide elected officials are Democrats. We have two Democratic U.S. senators. We don't just have majorities. We have super majorities in our legislature. But if we're going to maintain that for five or 10 or 20 years, we've got to do the work now fundamentally with our state party to make it that we can be that party going into the future and have that support of our Democratic voters in the future. So what are we doing right now? We're going to be building out our digital team. Um, one of the things that happened right after Robin was elected is she said she was going to do a state tour. So she and I went down with our new amazing executive director, Abby Witt, and went downstate for four days and talked to Democrats in central and southern Illinois. One thing we heard from them over and over is Republicans get their talking points 24 hours a day from Fox News and their websites. We need the Democratic Party of Illinois to be in our heads and in front of us 24 hours a day in a way that we can communicate complicated messages of why we're Democrats to voters. If we're going to start getting those folks who vote Republican but have Democratic values back. So we're going to have a digital team. We're going to have a voter protection and a voter registration team in parts of the state where we need to make sure that those registers who share Democratic values vote Democratic. And then, of course, we're going to be fundraising. We've got two uh, Supreme Court races here in Illinois, the second and the third district. And every single, and we'll talk about it in a minute probably, every single uh, member of Congress, state representative, state senator, county commissioner, our great governor, J.B. Pritzker, everyone is on the ballot next year. So we need to make sure that we're ready right now to ensure big Democratic wins next fall. 
Agreed, Mike. It's all about those Democratic wins. And one of the things I'm excited about that you just spoke about is really creating this stronger infrastructure. Sadly, Republicans have been planting seeds for years and they really have this strategy game on the Democrats. But what I'm seeing here in Illinois is that we're doing the hard work and we're putting in that infrastructure so that we can continue dominating our state and staying blue. As we come into this next cycle, you know, really looking at where we're going in the future, there's the fear that Congress is going to go red and that under, you know, dealing with the pandemic and this juncture of our lives that we're going to see that flow where we went all blue, but now we're going to go back to going red and that pull and tug that often happens. And so if here in Illinois, we can maintain our seats blue or even pick up one, um, it's just super critical. Now, you just mentioned um, that everyone's going to be on the ballot. We have these two Supreme Court races. There's a lot of things going on. And I think a lot of people don't even know that the election cycle changed. And that was one of the big things that happened with not only redistricting, but also the pressure of the pandemic and the unknowns. Can you tell us a little bit more about the upcoming election cycle and what people should know about it? Sure. And that's and it's great. We're talking about it now. So once every 10 years, pursuant to the U.S. Constitution and the Illinois Constitution, there's a there's a census. And based upon the results of that census, the map lines change for anyone who doesn't run statewide. So every state representative, state senator, member of Congress, for me at the Board of Review, county officials, everyone who has uh, boundaries that aren't, aren't uh, uh, set by, by county boundary or, or by state boundary, gets a new map. And so every one of our 73 Democratic state representatives is on the ballot. Every single Democratic state senator is on the ballot. So well, you can add it to the list of things he screwed up. Donald Trump screwed up the census. So because he screwed up the census, the results from the census are coming back to us later. So the General Assembly said, we're getting the results back later. So everyone is getting new maps and each of these representatives is gonna have a new new voters to connect with. They push back the primary election from March until June 28th next year. The November election will stay the same, but that primary window is gonna play out longer, which is great because it gives candidates a longer time to meet, introduce themselves and hopefully connect with their voters. I like that. You know, running for office is always really challenging with everyone being on the ballot. Tell us a little bit more about what that schedule looks like. And so when is petitioning? What does that look like? How do we think that's going to be different than usual? And with this longer cycle, it's great for people to be able to connect with more constituents, but it's also different timing. Are we worried about voters making it out to vote or these changes affecting people? Sure. So, uh, you know, you hit it on the head, you know, the, the threshold matter of getting on the ballot is getting signatures. So in Illinois, uh, what we've decided is that to get on the ballot, you have to collect a certain amount of signatures. And that varies from office to office. If you're running for a more, more local office like library board, it's fewer signatures than obviously if you're running for governor. But no matter what, you need signatures. So the election law not only changed the date of the election, moving it to March, it also adjusted all of those other dates that are related. So traditionally, uh, petitioning would start at the end of August and would run in through uh, beginning of November. Uh, but now, uh, because of the delay in the census results coming in and because of COVID, the petition process has been moved to the beginning of January to run through the middle of March. And anyone who's listening who's uh, a hearty uh, Illinoisan knows, yes, we all will be out knocking on doors in the winter, taking off our mittens and asking people to open up their door and, and sign for our petitions. We're talking to our candidates right now to say, listen, switch your gears. You're not wearing uh, shorts and gym shoes going on knocking on doors. You're going to be wearing hats and gloves. Uh, but the fundamentals are the same. 
I love it. Well, I'm sure Costco is going to be selling lots of those hand and feet warmers, of which always come in handy anyways, but now specifically for candidates. Did they change the amount of signatures that you need, or is it the same amount of signatures, worse weather? Great. So, so actually, they did change it. So uh, in light of the fact that we're still in a pandemic and it's just really harder to collect signatures, you know, a lot of folks don't want to open up their door and talk to a stranger, even if they understand that that person's running for office and they want to support that person being on the ballot. They just aren't comfortable. So the General Assembly reduced the signatures by a third for every office. So everyone only has to get two thirds as many signatures as they previously did. Okay, awesome. I love that. So a little bit easier with the amount of signatures, but more difficult season. I think you might know, um, Mike, that I'm a big fan of petitioning. I just love getting out there and meeting people and helping folks get on the ballot. And so you're running. You just said, you know, a couple of minutes ago that everyone's going to be back on the ballot. Tell us a little bit more. You do so many amazing things. Are any of those things going to be on the ballot and what can we expect? And can you give us a gauge on the amount of signatures that you need? Sure. So I am on the ballot for both of my jobs uh, as commissioner of the Board of Review and as a state central committee person uh, uh, for the ninth. Um, and again, I just want to say I couldn't be more excited to be on the state central committee with my good friend, former state senator Carol Ronan. She's our, our state central committee woman from the ninth. And then our extraordinary congressman, Jan Schakowsky. Uh, it, it's a really potent force. Al, you know how strong we are in the ninth CD. Uh, we're organizers and we're on the street working. Uh, Alexander, we're all familiar with with the Edinburgh wagon of you and the kids going around <laughs> knocking on doors. We've all seen it. Uh, God bless your poor kids because they've been brought up knowing how to notarize a petition. Uh, children should not know how to notarize petitions until they're older. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's the same function that we're out there. Um, so, you know, the, the, the fundamentals of being out and campaigning are going to be the same for me. Um, you know, I need for the Board of Review around 5,000 signatures normally. So my district is a third of Cook County. I have 26 wards and six townships. Uh, my new map that the General Assembly gave me moves the lines a little bit, but the fundamentals are the, are the same. Uh, I go from New Trier Township at the County Line Road uh, all the way down to the southwest side of Chicago. I have the northwest side of Chicago. I did pick up some of more of the northwest suburbs. I, I push into Wheeling Township now, but the fundamentals are the same. Um, you know, my district uh, reflect, reflects the diversity of Cook County, so my staff and my operations do as well. Uh, when I came to be a commissioner at the Board of Review, uh, you needed a paper base, you needed a paper form to appeal your taxes, and it was only in English. So we had it translated into Spanish, Polish, Korean, and Mandarin. And then I started hiring staff that reflects those communities. So I have Polish speaking, Spanish speaking, Latin, uh, uh, Spanish, uh, Mandarin, Korean staff. And then we work with community groups. Uh, last year, we did around 120 outreach sessions. I've got another one tonight. I had one last night where I bring the attorneys and the analysts of the board with me. And we go into the communities and do outreach sessions to help, help homeowners appeal their taxes at night and in their communities. We've just heard from folks, listen, not everybody's uh, is, is comfortable with the computer. Many families are victims of the digital divide. English isn't spoken in every home, and yet they still want to appeal their taxes. And the easiest way to do it is to come into the schools and libraries and their communities at night and on the weekends to help them work with them one-on-one. -on -one. I love that, Mike. And thank you for seeing through that, you know, diversity and equity lens. It's super important. And with the work that you're doing, more people are getting to appeal. And we know that taxes are, you know, here in Illinois, we're always getting that hype that our taxes are so high. And so any help that can be had on property tax is critical. And I see your events all the time. We're just all so grateful that you're providing those resources to the community and in multiple languages. And we're excited to see you on the ballot, um, needing only two thirds the amount of normal signatures 
pictures. Um, and I just can't wait to get out there with my kids. And yes, my kids do know um, the rules to notarizing and um, that it's an adult only activity, but they can ask and help. Um, and my kids like to compete for who rings the doorbell. And so we put in our steps by racing into the doorway. Um, and my youngest, Jack, um, who's literally been campaigning since he got out of the womb, um, he's been known to let himself into a house here or there on accident. And so we're working on that with him still. Um, it's, it can be challenging sometimes, but uh, practice makes perfect when it comes to petitioning. And so we're excited to see you on the ballot and, and help you with that. Okay, and then for our last question, my favorite question, so as you know, uh, Mike, I'm just all about engaging kids and family and politics. I think that when we raise young Democrats, this is really the route to go. And this is really where we can see that momentum in the years to come. And so tell me a little bit about your family and what you guys have going on. And then I want to know your best parenting tip, especially any parenting <laughs> tips you have amidst this crazy COVID pandemic. Sure. Uh, so I'm really lucky. Um, my wife, Erin, and I just celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary. Um, and Erin uh, is amazing. She's an architect. Uh, she ran the Public Building Commission of Chicago for about 10 years. Um, she built uh, the schools, libraries, police stations, fire stations, uh, park district facilities for a decade in the city of Chicago, uh, and then became a, a private architect and a private developer as well. But she still keeps her her, her time busy. Erin um, was with a company called Sterling Bay and built the new McDonald's headquarters, the new Google headquarters, a number of buildings in the city. Um, but like any working couple, it only works because we share and we communicate and we celebrate each other's wins and are there for each other's resets and challenges. Um, you know, we've got two wonderful kids, Will and Jack. Will's 16, about to turn 17 years old. Uh, Jack just turned 15. Um, and, you know, I've been a public servant my whole life. I, I worked for Senator Paul Simon, then for Senator Dick Durbin. Uh, I was a law clerk to a federal judge. Then I was a federal prosecutor with the SEC for many years. And then I was appointed to the Board of Review about a decade ago and have been elected since then. Um, we've made sure that our kids always see that public service is the price you pay to be a citizen in this country. So they come out with me, whether it's campaigning, but then they also went with Erin uh, to her board meetings for the public building commissions, for her ribbon cuttings for school. They come with me to my outreach meetings. They see the connection between public service and people's lives. Uh, whatever they choose to do in their life, obviously I'll support them 100%, but I just want them to realize that you have to be a public servant, maybe not professionally and full-time, but in some ways you have to figure out a way to serve your community. Love it. Thank you. And I'm um, a big fan of your wife, Erin, as well. She's very good people. And it's always great to collaborate with both of you. And I'm a little partial to your son, Jack, since I have a Jack myself as well. Um, but you're amazing. And just thank you so much for joining us today and hanging out here um, with the people, with Alexandra Eidenberg. It's been an absolute delight, Mike. Al, thanks so much for having me. This is so much fun. And, and to everyone who's listening, thanks for tuning in and subscribe if you don't already.